Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I do think that I might need help. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. There's the record. Twenty-nine. Vladimir Guerrero. We got twenty-eight on the board, which would tie Josh Hamilton for most in a round. And now it's twenty-nine. He breaks the home run derby record for home runs in a round, which I never thought we'd see it. That was a line drive off the top of the wall. There it One is. Alonso fires the bat up. He's your home run derby champion of twenty nineteen. All right, Mackie and Judd with Rami on the only Score North and the Score North mobile app. How dare he throw that bat? The disrespect. Yeah, I agree. Good God. You can't show emotion like that. His cousin charged him. It's a gentleman's game. His yeah. cousin got mad. Threw, threw the next pitch right at his head. Yeah, I'd buzz him, too. For I'm sure. sure. How yeah. dare you? Right in the, the teeth. You kidding me? Listen, you can hit some home runs off me in the home run derby, but not that many. No. <laughs> it's one too many. I've got pride. Not 8,000 okay. feet worth of home runs, all right? That's where I draw the line. Is that what it was? I don't, I don't know the exact number, but, I mean, yeah, these guys hit, like... Vladimir Guerrero Jr. ended up with how many, like 80 home runs? or 90, 90 I think. 90 home runs at the end of the there night? There were 312 home runs yeah. hit total on the night. And okay. all of them were going 400-plus feet. That's like 36,000 feet of home runs, if my math Nothing we couldn't do, Rami. Oh, no. Nothing I mean, we couldn't on. do. Actually, uh, there's uh, there's video footage of Rami and myself and Manny Hill yeah. attempting to do this on a wiffle ball field. Heavily edited footage. Yeah. This is just a cheap, cheap plug. <laughs> Left out all my bombas. If you want to see us attempting to hit wiffle ball bombas with a local wiffle How many ball bombas? league, all of them. How many's all of them? So many. What's the fact count here? I got one over the fence. It was foul. So one bomba. <laughs> it was, Congratulations. It was very foul. <laughs> That's like saying, "Hey, who went over the over the third like, base dugout?" It was like the four fence. feet foul. All right. I congratulate the man. I came the closest of anybody. Rami, congratulations. Thank you, sir. The latest athlete challenge. Judd is off the hook for looking the most embarrassing in an athlete challenge because we went and it played wiffle so ball bad, with the dude. HRL league. Go to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash score north, and check out the latest. There's two latest episodes of the Athlete Challenge. There's the Wiffle Bowl Challenge, and then there's Rami's Golf Challenge, where an PGA Tour member tried to fix his swing. And people's lives were literally in danger. <laughs> That's the difference. Wiffle Bowl, it's all fun and games, and people don't actually get mm-hmm. hurt. When you have a golf club, people can die. No, people literally almost got killed that day. You almost killed the person you love the most probably in this world <laughs> on the golf course. I Think did. about that for a second. I did myself. Ooh. No, <laughs> you're down. 
<laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. No, second most. That was a that was a, a previous incident. I thought you were talking no, about in no, that no, video. No, yeah, not no. this. Time. No, I'm saying, but you almost caused the demise of of the one w- woman in this world that probably likes you still, besides your mom. True. Yes, my mom is debatable. It's questionable at this point. <laughs> Reckless speculation. It's reckless speculation about Rami's family. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> my mom's debatable at this point. But gentlemen, let's start the show off here with a little reckless twins trade speculation from Ken Rosenthal, who's got to be, Ken Rosenthal has to be right now, uh, now that Peter Gammons is kind of, like, he still exists, but is Ken Rosenthal the most plugged in guy is in he Major the Woj? League Baseball? Is he Woj of MLB? Uh, there pa- is no Woj, but there's like... But it's it's Rosenthal, Passan... Heyman, Heyman, only it's, it's about five people. And so he, here, I'm just going to read you guys a couple things from the Athletic here, and uh, we can we can dissect this. The talk is the same at every deadline. Executives downplay the value of trade targets in conversations, not only with reporters but also with their negotia, uh, negotiating partners. The idea is to drive down the cost at the trade deadline, and if a team succeeds in parting with slightly lesser for a prize asset, mission accomplished. With Madison Bumgarner. Here we go again. Only no one should expect Farhan Zaidi, the Giants' president of baseball operations, to fall for baseball's version of a disinformation campaign, the type we heard in recent trading seasons with Justin Verlander. He's not as good as he used to be. Manny Machado, not as good at shortstop as he is at third base. The Astros, Twins, Braves, and Brewers are among the clubs interested in Bumgarner, according to Major League sources. None of those clubs will publicly admit as much. They'll say they're just kicking the tires, Rosenthal writes. And the Twins are the only one in that group that can acquire Bumgarner without Bumgarner's permission. So of the four teams listed, only one of them, the Twins, can pull the trigger on this trade without his approval. Correct. Yeah. Yep. That's a big, big thing to factor in here. Um, and there's a lot more details here about... The cost probably isn't going to be... You're not going to get him for 50 cents on the dollar, even if you think he's 50 cents on the dollar, the pitcher that he was four years ago. Yeah, the price isn't dropping for Madison Bumgarner. And to be clear, so he he put 10 contending teams, 10 good teams on his no-trade list. And to be clear, what that means is it doesn't mean that he wouldn't go to a team if traded there. It means he would seek additional compensation. I got a tweet when we talked about this about two weeks back from a guy saying he can't change his contract. No, he actually can. So if he's traded to a team on that 10-team list, which uh, which does not include the Twins, Madison Bumgarner's agent in camp can then go say, okay, I'll go play for the Red Sox, but I want X, Y, and Z. Yeah. The Twins, if he's traded here, can say, you're ours, no problem at all. Uh, the article continues, is he the Bumgarner who became an October legend in 2010, 12, and 14? Not at the moment, and perhaps never again, but Bumgarner's stuff does not seem to be an issue. His average fastball velocity of 92 miles an hour is the highest it's been since 2015. His strikeout-to-walk ratio is among the highest of his career, and his adjusted approach should help him counter the impact of a lively ball, which has perhaps diminished the advantage of pitching at spacious Oracle Park. Um, I guess my question off this is, what do the Twins have to do in the next, what is it, it's the ninth right now, so in the next three weeks until the trade deadline, for you guys to think, and I mean in via trade and on the field, what do they have to do for you guys to think, yep, this team can for sure 100% win the World Series. They're on the same level as the Yankees, Astros, and Dodgers. For me, it's not even a starter. For me, a starter is not to say I wouldn't want it. 
it helps. I mean, if you get somebody who's better than what you have, you'll be in a better position, obviously, to to win in the postseason. But just get your bullpen to the point, and this is obviously a lot easier said than done, but get your bullpen to the point that if you have a lead after six innings, it's pretty much a done deal. That you you have an arsenal of arms coming out of your bullpen that you can use in some sort of combination to get seven, eight, nine, and there isn't there isn't a lot of a lot of white knuckling through that. Just a dominant back end of the bullpen. If they can and really all that takes is one, maybe two arms to add what they to what they already have. When you look around Major League Baseball and, and the state of bullpens, the twins aren't as bad as it may seem in the bubble that we're in watching the twins night in and night out. They are one or two arms away from having the type of bullpen that makes me go, yeah, no, this is something that absolutely 100% could happen. You said World Series, right? Yes. Yeah, to win the World Not Series. Not playoff success. World to, si- to win, win the World to Series. To beat the okay. Dodgers, to beat the Yankees in the ALCS and the Dodgers in the World Series. Uh, a few things. One, I want to win the World Series. I want one more starter that, that I can put probably, and I'm comfortable saying this, second to Barrios if need be. I'd love an ace, but I'll take a guy that, that I would feel comfortable saying, Jose Barrios starts game one. Pitcher X starts game two. I want a what I consider to be a closer type, a fireman type, back into the bullpen to complement Taylor Rogers. I would like another addition to the bullpen, which does not need to be a big name, who would be a potential upgrade on the guys that I'm pitching now. Uh, and and then the next thing, and this is this is not something that the team can control, but I need guys to get healthy who have been banged up. There's been a lot of guys, and it's not like they're hurt badly. But, you know, Kepler's knee, Rosario's ankle, that whole list. Marwin Gonzalez, I think, has had, what, some foot problems or, or a hamstring problem. Cruz has had some uh, wrist problems. I want everybody as, it's not like they're all going to magically get completely healthy, but as healthy as possible. That's the X factor I can't control. But what I can control is starter, dominant back into the bullpen arm, and another bullpen arm to sort of upgrade where I am. Uh, to compliment Rogers, who I think is phenomenal. I need three pitchers, so I'm 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 definitely further along here in terms of what I would need than where Rami's at. I think Judd and I are probably more in line here. I need a starting pitcher so that I'm not starting Martin Perez in Game Three of a playoff series or Kyle Gibson. I'm sorry, I mean I, Kyle Gibson. I like Kyle Gibson. He's a good pitcher. If I'm facing the Yankees lineup, I need I, like I can I can be talked into Jake Odorizzi in the season he's having. I'm for sure good with Jose Barrios. I need someone, someone who just raises the bar a little bit against Aaron Judge. I just like Madison Bumgarner makes me feel better against Giancarlo Stanton than Kyle Gibson does. I see what you're saying. I think they can get by without it. It obviously helps. It improves their chances greatly if they get somebody better than those two guys you just mentioned. But World, World Series by though, I Rami? think they yes because like, of you, the bats. Do you because think, of the bats. Do you think Kyle Gibson is the starting pitcher in a clinching game 6 of the World Series at Dodger Stadium? No, at that point I'm probably starting Jose Barrios on two or three days rest or whatever I got to do, which is that's what you put all six games. That's no, but that's what you do in the playoffs. How many times do we see, Madison Bumgarner pitched on one day's rest in game 7 for the Giants? In like, fairness, you're talking to a couple guys who haven't seen the Twins rotation turn over in a playoff series in sure. like yeah, 25 years well, so. And and the, the parameters though that you're drawing here which is good enough to win a World Series to me ups the bar here. The other thing about this bullpen, and Rami, you're right. The bullpen has not been a train wreck. I think the last time I looked it up, bullpen ERA was like 13th or 14th, so not terrible. Um, But when you watch this team play, 
I think we did this exercise a couple weeks back, and this is what it comes back to for me, you guys. I think, Phil, the word you used at that time was, who do you trust? And when you watch this bullpen work, I could, I've seen this bullpen get by, but if you're talking about now it's a playoff series, and let's say you add nobody, all right, and you bring in Duffy, do I trust him? Absolutely not. And I might get good Tyler Duffy. I might get him. But if I don't, I'm in a ton of trouble. So if the word comes to comes back to trust, and we're talking about a situation where you're in a playoff series saying, okay, we're good enough to win this playoff series, go on to the World Series and win, my trust of that bullpen, I probably trust one or two guys right now. I would really like to significantly upgrade that word, trust. Yeah. Now, the, the series I keep going back to in my mind, because the Dodgers are there again here, the Dodgers are... I feel like the Dodgers have been knocking on the door for about six years now, and now they've got they've got a new front office the last couple of years. Um, that Dodgers Astros World Series in 2017, where some of the best pitchers in the world were helpless, it was just home run after home run. It was Jose Altuve, and it was it was the best hitters in the world getting the best of the best pitchers in the world, and that's where the Twins. You feel like okay, the Twins lineup can go toe to toe here, but if if the if the best pitchers in the world the the Kenley Jansons and the Ken Giles at the time if those guys couldn't get an out in a World Series back and forth a game a seven game World Series if if Jansen couldn't get it out what's going to happen to you know Ryan Harper if he has to roll out there and face this Dodgers lineup if he has to face Coach Cody Bellinger or Aaron Judge in the ALCS and and so it just kind of scares me in looking at that playoff series. And the Astros ran guys out left and right who had amazing regular seasons and track records and got shelled inning after inning. And so that, to me, I'm looking at that and saying, all right, like that bullpen and that pitching staff, and that, that lineup was comparable. That that bullpen and that pitching staff um, were far better than the Twins have right now. And so you have to at least match what Houston and or L.A. had in that series in 2017. So I need two relievers and a starter is what I'm saying. Two relievers and a starter, and they can win the World Series. You don't think two relievers does it? Mm -mm. Not to win the World Series. I do not. Are we saying guaranteed? Like, they make a move, and I'm like, yep, this is happening. (laughs) Well, that's that's playing the parade. Right, exactly. That's close, though, to the question, which is what's going to give you the the ultimate confidence that this team can make it through two rounds of the playoffs and then a World Series, which would probably go six or seven, and win it. Yeah. I'm with Phil. Three pitchers. Yep. Kirby Yates, Ken Giles, Marcus Stroman. <laughs> Is that all you want? Kirby Yates. How about, what if it was, wow. <laughs> what if it's Will Smith, Madison Bumgarner, and Ken Giles? Like, you look at that team and you say, yeah. they can win the World Series. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Okay. Most definitely. But you're but you're really saying that this team right now, this team right now is currently constructed. You add, feel confident they can win the World Series. Add two arms to the bullpen, and I'm... Okay. I'm I'm there. Right now I think they, they do have a legitimate shot to win a World Series. Add two dominant arms to the bullpen so that if you have a lead after six innings, it's pretty much a done deal. Call it call call the kids home. Yeah, I'm good. Just because of the offense. You're talking about having to face the Astros lineup, having to face the Yankees lineup. They have to face the twins lineup. The best in baseball. When you look at pure offensive Ooh, production, that, yeah, I think the Yankees are right look now. At pure offensive production, I know, but they, well, the Yankees are, have been operating at half. Uh, have, and half they've gone half out and gotten help too. Gregorius is back in the lineup. Uh, Stanton will be in that postseason lineup, I think, right? 
He's back. And Carnacion didn't fill their stats for the first two months of the season. That's my point. Let me add a small qualifier to what I just said. What has been the best lineup okay. in baseball right. to this point? Yeah. Don't mean to they got to face that. The Yankees will be the best lineup in baseball when the Twins, if the Twins play the Yankees in the postseason, the Yankees will have a better lineup than the Twins. We'll see about that. A lot can happen between now and then. A lot can change. Fully healthy lineups, I would take, I would take Yankees. Probably. But it's not as wide of a gap as it's been the last four times they faced each other in the postseason where they're running out A-Rod and Giambi yeah. and Sheffield and you're running out. Come on, Kubel well, played Dustin, in those games. Dustin Moore in one of those games. Jason Kubel played in those games. What are you talking about? Yeah. So, all right. That's, uh, I just want to ask you guys, see where you're at with, with twins and what they need to add here. Mad Bum is fine now, correct? After taking the line drive off the elbow on Saturday night? Apparently. We think it was just a bruise. He's fine. Because he, he's pitched well of late. Yeah, he's and again, like it doesn't matter if he's not the Mad Bum from five years ago. Yeah, no one. If he's just really good, still, I'm, I'm and he's with better you. than what you have after Jose Barrios. Then he's, he's also got he's also got playoff experience. He's a guy once again that if you put him in Yankee Stadium in the Bronx in October, is not going to say, "Oh my God, where am I?" No, he will not. He's going to say, "I'm going to throw at some people. I'm going to swear at them. I'm going to intimidate them right back." I'm going to wear cowboy boots yeah. and spurs. Oh, I love them. I'm going to ride a horse to the park. That's right. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. I'm going to leave my horse outside for three hours. Get back on my horse. On the old town road. He's <laughs> <laughs> Columbo. <laughs> Throw that in there. Oh, my God. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Scornorth like mobile app. You can hit us up. We, uh, we're, we're checking tweets throughout the show. At Rami is tweeting at Phil Mackie, at Jay Zolgad, at Scornorth. And our question is, quite simply, what do the Twins need to do over the next three weeks, both in trade and in general, uh, which, like, don't lose all the games to the Indians might be one of those things. Yeah, that would help. Yep, that would probably help. What do they need to do to make you feel like they can win the World Series? Hit us up on Twitter. We can get to some of those. Roy Smalley from Fox Sports North and World Series champion when we come back here to the TCL studios where we've got two 55-inch TCL 4K Roku TV's hanging out with us, which we watch all kinds of sports programming. You've got easy access to your streaming channels and also your cable slash satellite channels, whatever it is that you subscribe to. And you can, like this last weekend, for instance, in terms of entertainment options, you know, Netflix is very easily accessible with that built-in Roku device. So I binged Stranger Things Season 3. Oh, you did? Yeah. Good for How you. Was it was amazing. It was one of the best... I would say it was one of the best... Season threes or like, are you just trying to rub this in because I can't it was watch incredible. it? It's really good, Rami. I'm in trouble. You don't want to miss it's it. the best your, of your the three seasons so far. Yeah, what so are we know. watching today? Was uh, She's largely really centered about what I can't watch because my girlfriend won't let me, which is Stranger Things. She's you making, mean won't let you until she watches until with you? Until she gets here. Yeah, she's coming on Friday. That's reasonable. So we, she wants to watch it together. The shows are stacking up that we watch yeah, together, no. and she won't let... The, we got Jessica Jones. We got Brockmire. Go ahead and watch it. We got Stranger Things. She let yeah. me watch Brockmire, but that's a day. That's a day yeah. when I have a four-day weekend. It's too bad, too, because you can find all those shows and all those platforms right here in studio. Either one of these two TVs has access to all of those TV shows you're talking you can about. Watch it right now with the built-in sure. Roku device. And if I if I watch it with my Netflix account, she has access to my Netflix account. She knows I watched it. Judd said lie. She would know. I think you should turn around and stare at that 55-inch TCL TV behind you. And throughout the rest of this, we'll let you. You can put headphones into the TV. Can I borrow and your? You can watch episode so one. So I don't leave a trail. Yep. All absolutely. Right. Cool. Hundred percent. Awesome. TCL America's fastest-growing TV brand. 
The 2019 ESPYs auction is live now through July 10th. It's ESPN's biggest and best auction ever, packed full of more than 80 exclusive one-of-a-kind sports, travel, and celebrity experiences. Visit ebay.com slash ESPN to bid. Proceeds benefit the V Foundation for Cancer Research in this conversation with Roy Smalley. is brought to you by Doug's Power Equipment up in Blaine. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500, scorenorth.com, and the Score North mobile app. And joining us on the show now, as he does every Tuesday at this time, former twin, now part of the Fox Sports North broadcast, a first-place twins baseball. It is Roy Smalley. Roy, always a pleasure. How are you doing this afternoon, sir? I'm doing uh, well, although you know what it, I'm looking forward to watching the All-Star game. But uh, other than that, you know, the, this long break, I got no baseball to watch. It is. It's. It's. It's a challenge for those of us who are baseball addicted. Roy, coming up in the radio business, I was giving. I was given advice about interviews, and I was. I was told to give pointed and specific questions for pointed and specific answers. And I've always followed that advice, but I'm going to break it right now. I'm going to ask you the most broad, general question about the Twins that I can possibly ask. All Star break, five and a half game lead. They were up at eleven at one point. How is Roy Smalley feeling about the Twins? I feel good about them. I, I think five and a half games up with the injuries that they've had here the last month, this last, I don't know, two to four weeks, key guys. Um, I, I think they're in. Uh, I think they're in good shape. Um, I never really expected Cleveland to be stiff. So I thought they, you know, they had enough pitching and enough managerial talent and other things to uh, remain uh, relevant. And so here we are. The Twins are going to have to go out in the second half and win it. But I think they can. So. We brought this up uh, on the Twin Show on Macking Judd with Rami on Monday, Roy Smalley. Am I completely crazy for being very happy that, that the lead is down to five and a half games now? Because as a base, as a baseball fan, he's, cut his fan, he's sick, Roy. Because uh, as I'm, a Minnesota, I'm, I'm, I'm fading him down. <laughs> Turn that back up. Because Roy Smalley, as a Minnesota baseball fan, I think this is great fun. I think this is, and and by the way, too, if I had gone back to you, Roy, on March, let's say 18th, and said five and a half games up in the American League. Central at the break, you would have said fantastic. I would have said the same thing. Yeah, that's that's kind of my point. Um, it, I, I think the way they played, and we talked about this, you know, coming back to earth a little bit. And it's not it's not coming back to earth, meaning that they're not capable of uh, that it was smoke and mirrors and not capable of doing what they did. But it it was unlikely that they or anybody else was going to play. Uh, you know, 650 baseball. I mean, you play 650 baseball for as long as they did, and you're going to build a big lead. I don't care. I don't care who you're playing against. I mean, that, they played great, and it, it's next to impossible to you know try to go back in, and find a any uh, pennant winner that played 650 baseball for 162 or even back in the 154 game schedule. I mean, they, they don't they don't do that generally. So. You know, there was going to be some reversion of the mean. There was going to be there were going to be some injuries. There were going to be some, you know, what I like best about it. Speaking of those injuries, is that I, I really believe that that is the main cause for, uh, you know, them going uh, them not winning as many games at as as uh, higher rate, you know, and that just happened. To, you know, injuries came to them while Cleveland, uh, you know, got hot. Uh, so I, I like the fact that uh, they lost a little ground. Uh, after they lost um, Eddie Rosario, for example, and and with uh, you know Kepler missing some games and you know different guys, so I, I think that's just fine. I think we're all I think we're we're fine. And Judd, you're right. If you told me in spring training they were going to be five and a half games up the All Star break, 
uh, I'd have had to sit down. Yeah, Roy Smalley with us here from uh, Fox Sports North. He is a World Series champion. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the Score North mobile app here as well. So the Twins have had a ton of great individual performances in the first half of the season. Who do you think, or who are you the most sure is about to have a great second half? Well, I like the way Max Kepler has has looked. Uh, he uh, he just seems to look more and more confident and more and more sure of what he's trying to do with the plate. I, I would look for for Max to have a good uh, second half, even though there could be some reversion to the mean uh, arguments uh, made uh, for him. I don't think we, I think we're still finding out what the mean is for uh, for some of these guys and. And I, I suspect that Max is going to have a, a, a pretty good second half. Um, and I think that uh, Rosario will get healthy and he'll get real hot. I think the mo- one of the most important guys, if not the most important guy, to have a, a very characteristic hot streak in the second half, an extended hot streak like he can, is Nelson Cruz. That guy is so important to this lineup. And it's not that they can't win without him swinging it well but if he's swinging it well then I'll put uh, I'll just put all all the chips uh, in in the middle of the table on on the twins Roy I feel like another guy who they're not counting on to be a game changer I don't think they count on anybody in that lineup to be a game changer because it's so so good one through nine on any given day but I feel like if Miguel Sano if they could unlock whatever is in that guy it would take this lineup to a whole nother level what's fair do you think to expect from Miguel Sano in the second half I watched him. I think we talked about this, but I I uh, I, I watched him uh, take some uh, batting practice lessons out on the field with uh, hitting coach James Rousen and uh, Rudy Hernandez, the assistant, and and they they were working on things mechanically, and all uh, within a few at bats of that, uh, what they were working on the change in mechanics. Uh, he he went on a, a, a little mini tear here into the, into the All Star break, swinging it very very well. And we, to your point, we could see what he what he could do when he, when he's right, when he's fixed. And I'm not willing to say that he's totally fixed yet. It's going to be he's going to be kind of a frustrating guy because he's always going to be a big strikeout mm-hmm. guy. But but what we saw, I think, is is real because the mechanics change was was real it's a different thing that he's doing now it's much better and he could be uh, he is a game changer and he could be a a, a lineup changer I, there's no question that, that that's right i mean with a with a really productive sano uh, to his capabilities um, man that lineup looks looks uh, strong and if if byron and, and, you know byron buxton's the other guy that was out with injuries that you know, when Rosario and Buxton went down, it's hard to replace those guys. Even though your lineup one through nine, as you say, is is really strong, it's stronger with the normal one through nine guys, not the not the ten, eleven, twelve guys that are filling in. As good as those guys have been, so you know, I that's another reason. I mean, Snow, Buxton, Kepler, uh, Nelson Cruz, I think they're all set to have uh, good second halves. So t- tonight, Jorge Polanco, Roy Smalley, starts at shortstop for the American League in Cleveland in the All-Star Game. And the last time a twin shortstop started for the American League in the All-Star Game was July seventeenth, 1979. And that was you at the Kingdom. Take us back to that night, what, what you recall about th- that experience. And I looked up the box score today. Do you realize that you got four at-bats in that game? I got four at-bats You were left in, in forever. Game. Yeah. <laughs> 
you know, I, I, um, I choose to think that uh, just like Gene Mock put, played, uh, put Willie Mays in the leadoff spot in, in the 1964 All-Star game because he wanted him to have the most at best, Bob Lemon put me at number at the leadoff for the same reason. <laughs> uh, what I remember about that, uh, you know, that was pre-home run derby, and, you know, it was, it was just uh, a workout on, uh, on uh, Monday and batting practice on Tuesday and, and then play the game. But what I remember about it, I mean, it's just wonderful to hang around the batting cage talking with, you know, all these all-stars. And when I went out to play the game, um, uh, it was cool because, because when they introduced the lineups, they introduced uh, Bob Lemon, the manager, and he went out to the, to the third base line. And then Rod Carew was injured, uh, so they uh, introduced... Uh, him next, and then the starting lineup, and of course I was the first one out, and playing in the American League Park uh, in Seattle, where I had torn it up, you know, most of my career at that point. Uh, it, it was it was really fun to you know to do that. But what I really remember uh, is going out there to, in the top of the first inning, taking the field, and I'm looking around, and and, and uh, Carl Yastrzemski's at first base, tossing me the pre-inning uh, ground balls, and. Frank White's on my left. He's my double play partner. George Brett's on my right. He's playing third. And turn around, and it's Jim Rice, Fred Lynn, and Reggie Jackson in the outfield, and Nolan Ryan's warming up. And I'm thinking, man, this is pretty good. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, it's, it, it was an amazing experience to stand out there with all those guys and and uh, and be a team, you know, for one night. I, I, I will remember that. And then. The uh, the other thing I remember is uh, late in the game, we got a, we, the uh, score was tied, and I came up with runners on second and third. My fourth at bat that you're you're talking about, and and uh, Joe Sambito, left-hander from uh, Houston uh, Astros at the time, was on the mound, and with first base open, the National League manager Tommy Lasorda walked me intentionally to get to the next stiff on deck, who was George Brett. They're scared of Scared of Wow. <laughs> so that was pretty interesting as well. Of course, uh, you know, I'd been real hot that, you know, that year. And, and uh, right-handed against, le- you know, hitting left-handed. So he went with the old left-against-left deal and uh, walked me to pitch to Georgie. So that was pretty fun. Do you remember what happened? What George Brett did after that? I, I, he may, I think he made it out. I, I think that I think it paid off. It worked work. out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not that not that I was not going to make it out, but it but <laughs> at least what he did it, it worked out for him. Hey, what was that like? Um, the the one thing that stands out about that game, especially, is the Parker throw from right field to get Downing. I think it went to uh, Carter at home plate. That yep. play at the plate. What was that like to see in person? Because that that type of play still. To me, this day, what thirty plus years after the fact stands out. You know, two things. Yes, it stands out uh, because of the strength and accuracy of the throw in a, in a big situation like that. It was just a big time play. But what uh, what doesn't what doesn't get enough credit, especially now uh, with the way the rules are on uh, catchers receiving throws at the plate, was the block of the plate that Gary Carter put on Brian Downing, it was, and so we're, you know, in the third base dugout, very close to, to home plate. We've got this great view of not only the throw, but watching Gary Carter textbook uh, 
fundamentals, but textbook nasty. I mean, he got he's a Hall of Fame player for a reason. He's a wonderful guy. He was a wonderful guy and a wonderful player. And if you could, if I wish people could go back and watch him keep Brian Downing away from home plate. It was it was amazing. As good, if not, it certainly was the equal of the of Dave Parker's throw. Uh, Roy Smalley, before we let you go, percent chance the Twins <laughs> win the World Series. <laughs> where was I? Where was I last year? Let me last time. You were down from twenty percent to nineteen percent last time, and the lead okay, has I'm slipped go, even I'm, more. I'm back up. I, I'm at twenty two now. Oh there you wow. Go. wow! There you go, Roy. There it is. Cut the brakes. Roy has joined the Bomba bus. <laughs> it's being repaired, Roy. <laughs> it's under repair. <laughs> okay. All right, we'll talk to you next week, Roy. Thanks, Roy. See you. Roy Smalley, Fox Sports North. we got to talk, too, about uh, the drama of, of the baseballs and the back and forth between Justin Verlander, Rob Manfred is denying, and you got pitchers who are who are saying that, no, these baseballs have dynamite sticks in them. So we got to dive into that. Uh, speaking of the All-Star Game, when we come back to Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North mobile app. But once again, Rami Makhlouf. Yes. You just, I don't know, you look uh, you look refreshed well today. Well-rested, refreshed. Yeah, no bags under my eyes. No, it's amazing. My pillow has... Clothes pins, is that what you're using? Nope, my pillow. It's taken years off my appearance, which I needed. I, there More years need to be shaved off as well. So I'll keep on using my my pillow, which I got one for myself. I love it. Got one for the girlfriend. She's still in Milwaukee. Won't let me watch my TV shows. Also won't let me touch her my pillow. Doesn't want the dog anywhere near it. So I got the dog a my pillow dog bed. So now we are officially, all of us, a my pillow household. My pillow's patented interlocking fill adjusts to fit how you sleep. You can even throw it in the washer, in the dryer. My pillow comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee. So if for whatever reason you don't like it, you will. But if you don't, you can get a full refund. My pillow also has a ridiculous 10-year guarantee. 10 years for a pillow. What do you have to lose? And right now, you can get a two-pack of My Pillow Premiums for $69.98. That's only $34.99 per pillow. That's right, only $34.99 per pillow. Their best offer ever. High-quality pillows like these go as high as 100 bucks, if not more. My Pillow is giving you two of them for $34.99 a piece. It's still the best pillow out there. It's still made in Minnesota, and you can get two of them for $69.98, $34.99 a piece. Great deal on the best pillow you'll ever buy. I love My Pillow, and I know you'll love yours. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Special tab at the top right corner, and enter the promo code NORTH to activate your savings. That's two new premium My Pillows today. At their best price ever, you can also call 800-620-4439 or go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio special tab, and enter the promo code NORTH. Better sleeping is waiting for you. Get two premium MyPillows for their lowest price ever, just $34.99 apiece. Go to MyPillow.com and enter the code NORTH. 440 here at Score North. Time for the Score North download. Jonathan here. Home run derby was last night. All-star game tonight. Some stats from the Wild Home Run Derby last night. It was it was a fun experience watching that this time. It's changed with this format, and I've quite enjoyed this version of the Home Run Derby. Pete Alonso wins the 2019 Home Run Derby. 312 home runs hit total last night, which equaled almost about 25 miles of home runs witnessed by the fans in Cleveland last night. 312 home runs total, 91 total by Vlad Guerrero Jr. 91, that's quite a bit more than the 19 home run derby career 
home runs that his father hit in his home run derby career. 19 to 91. That's quite a bit difference, guys. Yeah, that's uh, just a bit. It's aggressive. And Vlad Guerrero Jr. had three of the five longest home runs last night. That's been your Score North download. Now back to the boys on Mackie and Judd with Rami. Now, full disclosure, gentlemen, at the end of the uh, a twin show that Rami and I did on Monday, Rami asked at the end of the show, are you going to watch the home run contest? And I condescendingly blew him off and said, I'm not a home run. I'm not a home run derby guy. I'm a baseball guy. I'm a baseball. I'm a baseball guy. I don't believe in home run derbies. As if. And Rami's like, you killed Joy. And I'm like, no, no, I take my baseball very seriously at the Zolgad household. And long story short, I went home, flipped it on, and was completely enthralled and thought it was great. So, the home run derby last night. So, Rami was right. You Rami was there. right. Yep. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And guess what? Yeah! In the course of that contest, we saw, fair enough, because we've seen this for a long time, juiced baseballs, right? They've admitted for a long time that they bring in special baseballs to mm-hmm. try and up the home runs, which no, they know, should. I gotta be honest, I actually didn't know that. Oh yeah, <laughs> they've admitted for a long time. But it's juice baseballs for for the purpose of long home Wait, runs, which are cool. Is that is that why Sammy Sosa was hitting baseballs like yes. off of the back corner of the roof? That's of, why they look like titleists yeah, of, uh, in Milwaukee. That's exactly why. Okay. Uh, so so, but up until I would say a, a 2015 or so, the second half of 2015, I think we all operated under the assumption the home run derby had its juiced baseballs, and the regular season baseball games had their normal baseballs. Only now it's changed. So starting after the All Star break, I think it was 2015, you see the precipitous um, um, incline or increase, I should say, of home runs, which led to yesterday. And that was when Justin Verlander, in a sit-down with ESPN, and I'm guessing this might have been a side session with reporters, and of course Justin's going to start the All-Star game for the American League tonight, talked about the juiced baseballs. I'm going to read you his quote, because his quote, which I will clean up slightly for the purposes of a family show, is pretty good. He said, it's a bleeping joke. MLB's turning the game into a joke. They own Rawlings, and you've got Manfred up here saying it might be the way they center the pill. They own the bleeping company. If any other $40 billion company bought out a $400 million company and the product changed dramatically, it's not a guess as to what happened. We all know what happened. Manfred, the first time he came in, what he say? He said, we want more offense. All of a sudden, he comes in. The balls are juiced. It's not a coincidence. We are not idiots. Um, Manfred was then asked about that today, and what he has said now, and he said this at the press conference today, and I think he also talked about this probably on Monday as well, is that they have not that MLB has not intentionally juiced the ball. The base that the game of baseball has done nothing, given no direction uh, for an alteration of the baseball from the Rawlings people. Okay, can I? Did you set it up? We good? That's Cause it. Because I, I got I got something to say. That's it. Yeah. All right. That's the story. Baseball is the only sport where people want less fun. What are the two most fun things in in sports? Just in general, to me, it's must win, go home games. So like game sevens, that's number one. And number two would be high scoring, close, fun games. Yeah. So if if you have so game seven is like an urgent situation where hey it's winner go winner go home a uh, winner moves on loser goes home and then high scoring where we're going back and forth and it's Brady and Breeze or it's Rogers and Eli Manning or whatever right we want more of that in the NFL 
We love the fact that the NBA has higher scoring games. We're not grinding out 88 to 82 Nets, Pistons things from the early 2000s. So baseball, let's go down the line here. Five or six years ago, baseball says, you know what we need? We need more game sevens. Let's create a couple wild card games. You don't win your division, but you still have a chance to play in a playoff series if you win this must-win game at the end of September, beginning of October. And people were out, not everybody, but like a large chunk of baseball fans were like, you can, what? You can't do that. You can't, what? Well, I've been watching baseball since the 1850s, and you can't take the sport that my great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather watched in the Civil War era and change it. It's like, wait a second. So I get to watch two teams play a must-win go-home game that didn't exist and mm-hmm. doesn't exist. The only time you ever get that is if you have a game seven, maybe in October, right? And baseball said, let's actually, let's manufacture, we're not going to manufacture the whole thing, but like, let's manufacture a little drama. And people are like, no, no fun. We don't want fun. Let's make it two of three. What? That's ridiculous. And now we have more home runs, more power hitters. We've got guys who are going to chase 60 plus home runs. We might even have someone flirt with. A non-steroid Major League Baseball home run record at some point. I know Christian Yelich is off the pace a little bit, but like more home runs, and people say, "We can't have more home runs." That's gonna. What what about the record books? Who cares? Want more balls in play? I want more grounders to the second base. I I actually do. More flyouts to left field. I actually do. I'm being sarcastic. (laughs) If you haven't picked up on it, I'm I'm landing on pretty thick. I agree with what you just said, and I want the ball in play more in the field of play. And what I'm tired of now is that we're getting essentially two outcomes, which is home runs or strikeouts. I want more balls in play. The lack in of the balls field of in play. play is taking away maybe one exciting play a game, like a shortstop diving up the middle to stop a to stop so, a grounder. But I'm not being no fun. I my desire is to see the ball in play more. But but I would venture to guess the ball probably is in play more. And we should do a dive on that, like. The ball is okay, the ball in, is in, in the field of play, though, or are we talking about the ball in play going out of the no, yard balls and play or strikeouts? Don't include home runs. I know. I'm saying okay. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's. I take a look at that. There's more strikeouts and there's more home runs, which means yeah, we're getting f- two outcomes. fewer room on the on the pie chart of things that could happen for for like ball to the gap. But you're saying rather than seeing an extra two home runs in a game, mm-hmm. you'd rather maybe only see one home run and then like a grounder up the middle. I'd like to see yes. I'd like to see more balls in play, <laughs> and I'm tired. And I'm tired of the fact. But but and, and I told I that seeing Rami this single. Mm. on the twin show today. What offends me the most, though, is you altered the baseball. Just tell us you've altered the baseball. You but, went to Rawlings. You bought the company. You altered the baseball. Just tell us the truth. But the reason why they don't, I'm with you. I, I'm a, I can ha- I can handle the truth. Yes, I can handle. The and truth, then I'd be okay? like, okay, I might not like it, but at least you're telling the yeah, truth. I'm Tom Cruise. Can handle the truth. Okay. But baseball fans, by and large, can't handle the truth. They right. they don't want it. Well, they they can't handle the truth because they can't handle change. Change scares baseball fans, and I and I'm saying this like I am a diehard baseball fan. It is my favorite sport. It's I think it's Rami's favorite sport. Easy. Hockey and baseball are kind of neck and neck for Judd. Judd, we all love football too. But like, I'm not saying this as an outsider. I'm saying let's be a little more self aware, baseball fans. It's okay for change. Thirty five years ago. The NBA said, you know what? We need some more scoring. Like, there's just something missing. I know. 
let's literally draw a new line on the court, and if you make a shot from behind that new line, you get more points. Yeah. And look at what happened with the league. So I'm, it's it's okay to manufacture more fun and more scoring, and it's not going to wreck your sport. But I think balls and play are fun. Most of them are. I personally think they're fun. Judd's like, I, I, think, I, think I need more elbow, Judd's like, I need I more elbow jumpers. I I, I'm, ti- I'm tired of seeing guys who bat 8th and ninth hit, hitting home runs because the baseball's been altered. But most of all, I'm tired of being treated like I'm a moron by a commissioner who I deem to be far more of a bigger moron than myself who's altered the baseball because they bought the company. Which I didn't realize until this quote came out. I didn't realize they bought Rawlings. That's interesting. But he's not altering the baseball to like pull the wool. He's altering the baseball because it's to more fun. To give you fun. a more entertaining product. You're but kind, I, think I think it's gone too far. I think you're That's in the minority. I think if you pulled... I'm sort of torn on this. Because on the one hand, I agree with what you're saying, Phil. Most of these balls in play that we're not getting were boring. They were routine grounders. There was maybe one or... You're maybe robbing us of one or two exciting plays per nine innings. Whatever that might be out in the field. So... It doesn't bother me in that sense. I want to see more homers. The game is more entertaining with more home runs. Chicks dig the long ball. Dudes dig bone bus. However you want to phrase it. The thing about it I that... would be bro, bros. Bros love bone bus. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. The thing that bothers me about it is the historical context of it all. Because And it's the same thing for steroids, but in steroids it was an unlevel playing field. Here it's a level playing field. Everybody's playing with the same baseball, but... How do we measure this versus Roger Maris? The same question you were asking during the steroid era. How do you measure this versus Babe Ruth or Hank Aaron when we talk about career numbers? You it's know, different. You know what I would say? And I and, and yes, that's a, that's as I have a traditionalist side to me in that regard. And my first instinct is, okay, yeah, that's it's a little bit tough. It's hard to have it's hard to have an equal measurement era to era, especially if you're changing the baseball and you're changing different things. But you know what? Baseball is the only sport that puts stock into that. Nobody sits here and says, man, these Tom Brady numbers, I just don't know how you put them into context with Joe Nath- with uh, No, you're Joe right about Namath. that. You're, you're exactly right. Uh, man, I mean... Baseball's, uh, treated, it, baseball's the only sport that's treated yeah. like that. It's great to see LeBron James put up these numbers, but how do we contextualize now, it with what Pistol Pete did? Like, no one cares. Now, where, where do true. you... <laughs> it's, it's weird. And Pistol Pete was really good. Where do you draw the line, <laughs> pew, though? Pew, pew, pew. Because this is where our conversation... Hey, Pistol Pistol Pete. Pistol Pete was good. He didn't talk like that, man. He was great. When Royce comes on, we should ask him about Pistol Pete. So the the, the conversation that Rami and I got into, though, on the twin show, and this is where this conversation, I think, takes an interesting turn and gets a little bit dicey, is this one. It's a slippery slope here, okay? So let's just accept the fact that, that we all think, for right now, Home runs are more fun. Yeah, and baseball is going down a path now of actively looking to change rules to create more fun. Yes, and Rami has a problem with that. So, so, and I get that problem. I don't even know I agree completely, but I get your problem, and that's where I think this conversation gets really intriguing because it's all going down the same slope. It's all aimed at saying, "How do I?" In in their opinion, they say to themselves, "How do we get the eighteen to thirty two year old to watch?" Putting a runner on on second base to start the tenth is one way, which I believe Rami you hate. Hate it. So so this is where my question comes in though is if there's an arbitrary imaginary line to draw here, where does it get drawn? The ball can be altered, but you can't change other rules. See that that's where the the conundrum begins, 
And that's where I struggle with the fact that baseball doesn't just come out and say, hey, look, we're actively trying to change things. We don't. And if you're Judd Zolgan and you're almost 50, we don't care what you think. Here's how I would I would answer that. I don't think it's it's hard to say here's where you define where the line is. But what I would say is baseball has less of an obligation to figure out, well, how do we make sure that Mickey Mantle's numbers were the, were the same you know, common That's denominator true. as Albert Pujols' numbers, as Mike Trout's numbers, yeah. and I would worry much more about how do I get the 25 to 40-year-old fan that's actively going to the NBA and MLS and EPL, which is across an ocean, for God's sakes, and get those people to like baseball again, just like all of us grew up loving baseball. And the right way to hook those fans in is not to say, whoa, let's just make sure, let's just make sure that... That Carl Yastrzemski's numbers are, you know, you know, not uh, made to look bad because we juiced the baseball in 2009. If juicing the baseball in 2019 makes it more entertaining for a 25-year-old fan, a 30-year-old fan, I think that should be the top priority. And I don't think that some of these other rules that Rob Manfred is considering make the game more fun or interesting, especially not to does a young does somebody a young, you said 25 to 40, right, Phil? Does somebody who's yeah. 25 to 40 and not following baseball right now? Know that Major League Baseball changed the rules so that a pitcher has to pitch to 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 three batters. And does he care? Like if I walked up to a twenty five to forty year old who's not watching baseball and I was like, "Hey man, you don't watch baseball? I got something for you. Pitchers have to face three batters now. You win." He's like, "What? What does that? No, but, <laughs> what does that even mean? But, I don't care." He he or she cares if the perception is that the game gets over a second quicker because of that. But it doesn't. People have calculated these changes that Rob Manfred wants to make. Have liter- they they make literally a difference of seconds? I'm just saying we're seconds. we're sort of drawing lines of where we think is the appropriate place to go here, and I all see it going down the exact same path, which is baseball's attempt to engage fans who they're trying to get who they deem to, that changes have to be made. I just had an idea pop into my head. Okay, you guys are gonna love this. I'm a genius. We can speed up the game and make the record books proportional and comparable. Just make them seven-inning games. No more nine-inning games. Seven-inning games. You'll have the same offensive production because of the way balls are flying out. So you can compare modern players to the Mickey Mantles oh, yeah. and Roger Maris's of the day. Yeah. And seven-inning games will be over in like two hours. So wait, you're, offend- Problem you're, you're offended by Rob- the by the three-batter rule? but And I don't even disagree with you, but you want to take this thing down to seven? No, which I'm I actually being sort of ridiculous. Like. I'm being absolutely oh, ridiculous. Oh, I thought you were serious because <laughs> I've suggested this before. I was really well, hopeful you were serious. You know, that sounds like... So I, would, I wouldn't dismiss that. I and, wouldn't either. Because if you were to deconstruct this whole thing and say, all right, let's let's have a baseball crisis meeting here and figure out how do we make this as appealing as possible to the 25 to 40 year olds that like the wheelhouse that we want for the next 20 years? And you'd start by saying, well, let's let's get rid of these four hour games for sure. Right. Let's make sure games are in four hours like Sunday's twins game. Yes. Yeah. It's just You're right. It's it's too how much about a running clock, two and a half hour running clock, whatever you get in in two and a half hours, you get in. I'm OK. With that I don't hate that game over. And I love baseball. Extra time. No extra time. Extra time no. is stupid. The shortstop got hurt. We we got to go three more minutes. Six five one six four six eight two five five. They cart him off in one of those gurneys. Uh, <laughs> Sean, you're on the show. What's going on, Sean? Oh, hi. I just want to comment about the the home runs. I think that the home runs now are it's kind of the dumbing down of baseball, where you're trying to get these young people to watch the game. Why not educate them about the game? Because 
it's a beautiful game. And if they would understand, they would understand how beautiful it is. You know what the the balls in play? I want to see balls in play as well, but I also want to see a, a hit and run executed properly, a bunt executed properly, and a complete game. It's just to me, it's the dumbing down of baseball. All right, Sean. Thanks for the call, Judd. You have a brother named Sean in Isle, Minnesota, that you haven't told us about. That was Bert. Close cousins. That was Bert, in Isle, I think. Minnesota. <laughs> I think that was Bert. Well, another interesting fact here. I just I was looking at league overall numbers last year, full season compared to 2010, when power was down in 2010 compared to now. So last year, a thousand more home runs were hit across all of baseball than in 2010. But run scoring was basically the same. So average runs per game were basically the same. It's just the way in which runs are being scored now is different than in 2010. So if your argument is, well, I mean, scoring is not even up, and now it's just a more monotonous way to get to your five runs than it was eight years ago, I could actually listen to Judd's argument on that and say, well, if we're going to have a bunch more home runs, at least the game should be, you should be averaging a run or two more per game and make it more high scoring and more fun, et cetera. Um, so, but um. here's another rule change proposed by, uh, on Twitter by, and this is his Twitter handle three of butts. He says, hell yes, dudes. Baseball needs to pick up the place pace a little. How do y'all feel about letting dudes strike out on foul balls? Cause if you look at it, That's then everybody a, would strike he's, out. He's yeah. got a point because if you look well, the foul at ball, it, yeah, the foul balls there fine. is nothing extending baseball games. Yep. And making them go longer more than foul balls, which go up exponentially, probably at a faster rate than what home runs are going up year after year after year. And that's what makes games take longer. So if we really want to shorten these games and get the 25 to 40 year old, is anybody entertained by foul balls? Scoring would become, the games would be lightning fast. Every game would be like two hours, but scoring would become almost impossible. Maybe not the first one. Third foul ball, you're out. I have a really two strike when you have two strikes I'm out on that. Three one. foul balls you're out. I've got a really weird question off this. If that was the case, would guys swing less on pitches where they know they're protecting the plate because they wouldn't want to foul them off and be called out? Yeah, that, there's a lot of different Would you take more pitches? Trickle down effects. And you might get called out, but lots of times you swing at a close borderline pitch because you're not confident the umpire won't call yeah. the strike. But if you are just protecting the plate, you'd let it go. And just to be clear, most foul balls are accidents. Most there are some. Denard Spam was actually amazing at flicking his bat out and fouling a ball off yeah. on purpose. But most foul balls are not on purpose. Guys are taking cuts and they're just not squaring up the ball. So now you're you're punishing someone for making contact against an impossible pitch to hit, and it's a foul ball, and you're still out. So. We've got calls on this. We could let's run them. All right, when we get back, couple things: six five one six four six eight two five five. Jeff George, Jeff George is on the line. <laughs> Jeff, and he George. wants to come back. <laughs> he's like <laughs> he's begging Zim. Let me come back and play quarterback. <laughs> we'll talk to Jeff George separately, and also two very prominent publications are saying the Timberwolves should make a run at Russell Westbrook. We'll dive into some of that as well. Federated Mutual Insurance Company is here for all of you business owners out there. So let's let's have a conversation for a second because I've been there myself as a business owner. I have ridden the roller coaster up and down and sideways, upside down, right side up, every which direction, solving problems, taking care of employees. You know what goes into the grind of, of running a business. It helps tremendously to have an insurance company that has your back, gives you that peace of mind as you navigate the challenges. Uh, just it's... 
a safety net is the bare minimum, um, but you get a face-to-face relationship when you have a federated marketing representative, which you can find out more at federatedinsurance.com. And you get someone, a company here, that has over a century of experience in protecting businesses and making them as successful as they can be across the board in multiple different areas. Learn more about the industries Federated protects at federatedinsurance.com. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all-new Score North.